0: Welcome to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. I'm your host, Sadia. This is my mother, Ima. Hello. uh, And
1: and Raven, she wants to be included. Here she is. Oh, she's so cute. Yes, Raven, yes. The minute I got you called, the minute I picked up the phone, she just ran and jumped right on my lap like this. It's like a two-year-old. Like, you're on the phone. You can't be on the phone. You gotta pay attention to me.
0: Yeah. Yeah, she's definitely aware of what's what's going on. Um
1: oh. anyway, my air conditioning went up.
0: Yeah. How'd that go? And
1: so here so here is the situation I am in right now. See the fans.
0: Oh gosh. Oh, you must have been
1: Yeah. <laughs> I said to your sister, um, you know, when your father and I first moved down here, um that, that that first year, they were expecting a big hurricane. It was Dorian The thank God, did not hit us. Mm-hmm. But everybody was advising me what to buy. And they said, get a bunch of fans, little fans, with battery-powered, battery-powered fans. So I did. I got a whole bunch of battery-powered fans. And thank God we have never had to use them in the case of a hurricane. But we have used them plenty. <laughs> <laughs> so, and when our, when when we were first here, our air conditioning—we had a problem with our air conditioning had to be fixed. So we used those fans for that weekend. And now I'm using the fans. So, so I said to you, and and all the all the emergency food that I bought, like the non-perishable stuff, came in very handy. Uh, I ate it anyway, without it being an emergency. And I said to your sister, "Isn't it nice to use all this emergency equipment?" for non-emergencies, she says, yes, thank God, that's usually what happens.
0: That's awesome. Um, By the way, I just want to let you know, today, the Beatles came out with their last song. Is this AI? It's like Paul
1: McCartney basically putting together the AI with Ringo
0: Starr? So what happened was, was that John Lennon, like, wrote and recorded this song in the late 70s, and it was a really bad rough demo tape and they tried together like like uh Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr and George Harrison like 93 to like record over it and, and and play over it and work with it but they could only do it for like a day or two because it was so banged up and then over the over the years they were trying to play with it And I think John Lennon's son gave like a fresher recording to uh, Paul McCartney, like in two thousand six, two thousand five. And they were. His
1: son recorded the same thing.
0: No, no, not recorded the same thing. John Lennon, John Lennon recording. He his son had a better recording of it because they originally got one from Yoko Ono that was like third generation, so it was really rough. Uh huh. And even then, it was still pretty bad. But well, once AI started coming out and becoming more like effective, um, in like 2021, uh, Paul McCartney was talking about making the making the Beatles song. What what they did was they were able to abs uh, uh, not abstract, but they're able to extract John Lennon's vocals properly through AI, and then were able to also extract George Harrison's. Um, guitar, and then Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr were able to just play with you know the bass and the drumming, and it sounds really good. It's a really good song, but you can tell John Lennon's vocals is like kind of scratchy, and that's uh-huh. crazy. Like if it's scratchy now, you could have imagined how bad it really was. The past like fifty, sixty years of of uh-huh. taking this taking it so long, and well, about fifty years, yeah, fifty years. <laughs> um, so seventy seven uh <laughs> yeah, so I, I heard the song like like really like a couple uh minutes ago. it's good. It's really, really good. Wait, how can was it on YouTube? Where is it? Yeah, it's on YouTube. I'll send you the
1: link. Oh please do that's this sounds you know, everyone's talking about how horrible AI is horrible, horrible, horrible. I don't think AI I think I think AI is gonna be a big help. oh yeah, more of a help than a hurt, but you know, there has to be it's like any other technology. it's gonna take time cat move it's going to take time to like how can i say it? It the practical application and the legalities to catch up with the technology but i think in the long run i think in the long run it's going to be really good
0: well yeah. i remember i remember you telling me stories and i remember as a kid when computers first came out no one really a lot of people did not know how to use it and the ones who did, when you asked them, like, what to do with it, it was like, eh, for games, maybe for word processing. Like, there really wasn't anything, I would say. I remember we had, we, we got a computer. The first computer we had was, like, a 1980s, I think maybe Macintosh or something. And we had all these floppy disks that we were using. We played this one, I remember, we played this I Spy, uh, this Spy versus Spy game. I remember uh-huh. we had that. And, like, eventually the computer just, like, broke. But like, there really wasn't anything we could do with it. Um, yeah, we
1: got we got it secondhand from a friend of ours who was who was throwing it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, and it was just like, it was just we we only like I remember we got like a computer in like I want to say ninety nine is when we first got the computer. I was in sixth grade, and like we had some internet stuff, and we had like, we, the internet was was crazy slow. But even then, we were like so surprised we could do it. Because um, yeah. Net Zero was for free and AOL was for free, so we got the internet for free. Oh,
1: how do you spell AOL? Oh yeah,
0: yeah that's, a, that's an inside <laughs> joke. Of do the we band. let our audience in on that inside joke? No, no. <laughs> we'll keep the people, keep the people guessing. It's okay, fine. We're
1: just, let's, let's let's give them some no, background. No, 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 no. Uh, there was there was someone we knew who um, asked us one time, "How do you spell, it, spell AOL?" Which, you know, um, which in a way, you know, something. If you think about it, it's not too. It's not too far fetched of a um uh it's not it's not too far fetched of a um how can I say it uh, concept concept because it could be spelled something like a y o h e l that you know that type of thing
0: yeah rather than of... the
1: actual letters a o l so it, it can be spelled like that you know yeah. phonetically
0: well so so like. the the beginning stages of computers it it was just really rudimentary there wasn't a lot you could do with it but over time it basically consumed all aspects of what you really need to get done um i I think i saw this one picture it was like an office from the 1980s with like you know it had it had you know a fax machine it had notepads it had (laughs) a, 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 a typewriter it had you know all these different things covering the entire table and then it showed like something i think i think this was like 2015 or something like that that shows 2015 and all you have is a laptop and maybe a pen and paper because <laughs> it does everything you you do everything on a computer and i think with ai mm-hmm. like it's first now it's like you have chat GBT. you have these ai imagery stuff and like it's cool to play with but there there aren't any they haven't been able to really start using – well, they, ha- they have, but it's not really been, I guess, wide set. Not wide set. That's, that makes no sense. Uh, it hasn't been mass, focu- mass focus or whatever you want to call it, like, to really utilize as much as it can. Because people are mm-hmm. utilizing it as what they can do, but it's just like it's still in its infant stage. You're still figuring yes. things out. You're still trying to understand what's yeah. going on. So – that's kind of how the whole, you know, thing is started. And that's why that's why I like what what happened with the Beatles song. That's why I'm so curious to know what's gonna happen next. Mm. You know? Like I I, I, I do understand mm-hmm. that there's now with going on what's going on in Israel and with the war, there's images that are coming out that some people are saying is AI. And sometimes it's true and sometimes it's not. And that's the other thing where it's just like the the information age now is just getting it's you gotta figure out a way to tell the difference mm-hmm. between what's real and what's not.
1: Well, I was talking to um one of your brothers, and we were talking about you know, what happens, say some um some unscrupulous individual send you something of your kid on AI and saying, Help, I've been kidnapped and you've got to send the money to this address. And you know, how do you know this is for real? And it's very, very simple. Ask them, throw a throw a fake question at them. Yeah. Like geez. about a fake person who doesn't exist and see what their answer. Like, you know, send them some sort of fake information or just ask them about something that you know the answer to. And that the people who run this AI would obviously not know the answer to. That's a very very easy way to to check if this is legit. Um, you know, it's very interesting. You talked about the beginning of computers, and um, in the beginning, how they in the very beginning how they kind of weren't looked at so well. There was a very popular book when I was in school called Henry Price and the Homework Machine, and I remember reading it when I was in fourth grade. And it's about Henry Price is this boy genius. He's a scientific genius. And he and his friends are very advanced, very technologically astute for the time. And his father is some sort of, um, uh, you know, big electronic scientist. And so his father has a home computer. This, now, this book was written, I think, like in the 1950, 1950s, oh, wow. when the idea of a home computer was like, you know, going to the moon. And so Henry and his friends, his friends consist of this boy and this girl, and they're like ten years old, and they decide to do their homework using the computer. And they see how easy it is. They just plug in their the problems that they have for, for you know that they have for their assignments. and they get their information. And that's it. It's real simple. So, um eventually, there's of course there's a there's there's the um there's a villain. Uh, the classroom bully who likes the girl and is jealous of her friendship with Henry and this other boy. And he spies on Henry, finds out about the computer and he um, spills the beans. He tells the teacher that these kids are really cheating, that they're getting all their information from a computer. They're not really working on their homework. And so the teacher talks to them and she finds out they admit yeah that this was true so the teacher has an idea she says you know because your children are so advanced and you've got this computer I'm going to give you special homework and she gives them these like she totally overloads them with these very very difficult and weighty assignments and they're looking at each other go oh we're going to be up the whole night with this you know and they managed to do it, and so the girl finds out, eventually, she has her suspicions about who the boy was that squealed on them, and so she kind of, like, comes over to the boy, and she goes, hey, you know, I'm walking home by myself. Would you like to walk me home? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd like to walk in. That'd be great, and so they're walking home, and she mentions to him about you know, I really need help with my homework. Can you help me? And he goes, sure I can help you. And he says, and I won't use any rotten computer either. And that's how she figures out that this guy is the one who squealed on them. And she, they're going by this this puddle, like this mud puddle. She gives them this huge push and knocks him into the mud puddle. And so at the end of the the end of the book, they the kids realize that they really shouldn't be using the computer. For their homework, that there's also other things that happen that make the story interesting and exciting. But the the very gist of it, you know, to skim over it, is they realize at the end their lesson that homework is a way of practicing by yourself, and that by just going to the computer and just you know running through the information and typing it out and you know not really doing the work that's involved, they're not really getting what they should out of their education. And that's how the story. That's how the book ends.
0: What was what was the name of the book again?
1: Henry Price and the Homework Machine.
0: Henry Price and the Homework Machine.
1: I believe that was it. Henry Price and the Homework Machine, if I remember correctly. I mean, I was only 10 years old when I read it.
0: (laughs) This is Danny Dunn and the Homework Machine.
1: Oh, no, that's it. I'm sorry. Wrong name. Danny Dunn. That's it. Danny Dunn and the Homework Machine. Right.
0: Wrong name. No, that's fine. I'm glad I'm picking this stuff out. It's just...
1: it's a good it's a, it was it's a cute book to give everybody like an insight of what the attitude was at the time to um uh to computers and the whole concept of artificial intelligence and computers and technology.
0: It was written in nineteen fifty-eight.
1: Yes, that's right. That would make sense, yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. It's funny because it's just like nowadays that's that's just how you receive this information. It's not cheating, it's just how you receive it. And I personally noticed that like when I research something and Google something and then read it, there's something in my mind that, that helps me understand it better, and it gets lost in my brain. Like, but, I don't know
1: why. It, but my, like I said, in my day – and compu- and calculators too. In my day, had a student used a calculator, it would have been confiscated and you would have been given an F. Yeah. And some kids tried to use calculators and yep, they were confiscated and they were and they got and they received an they and F because the teacher wanted you to use your brain.
0: Yeah. But it's like different ways to use the brain. You know what I mean? I think there's yeah. a level to it where, you know, it's, people are scared of technology. So there's really not a lot of, I guess you're going to have a lot of hiccups and anger towards whatever it is from multiple angles because it's new, but once it stops, you know, being mm-hmm. new. Like, for instance, when video games first came out in the 70s. Oh, yeah. You know, do you remember any backlash when right. video games came out and the issues that we well, have with it? You or... bet I do. I remember um, I remember a lot of parents were very upset. Oh, I'm
1: not going to let my kid play on that video game. That's horrible. It's bad for their brains. And um, I remember, um, I think we went up to this one time in another podcast, that um, they used to have the video games in these kiosks by the stores, by the grocery stores. And so what I would do is, um, I was bringing your sisters who were very little, like three and four years old at the time, and um, I would tell them that if they stayed with me and didn't run around the store and behave themselves, at the after I finished shopping, we can go over and play a, a couple video games. And quite honestly, my attitude towards video games was very different from other parents. I thought they were good, and I thought they were. I thought they taught problem solving very well. I thought they taught a lot of like, um, not just problem solving concepts, but like mathematical concepts. I I thought they I thought they were very good.
0: Well, I mean, I didn't mind them at all. I remember like when I was in high school, there were different <sighs> games that came out, a lot of shooting games, and a lot of very graphic shooting games at the time, like Grand Theft Auto Three, where you're supposed to like beat up hookers and rob stores and. Get inside cars and you like get the cops to chase you and blow up like tanks and shoot up buildings and you're supposed it's really graphic. And <laughs> well, that that one I'm not so crazy about. Well, but but the the games that
1: your sisters played, um, and um, you know, at the, at the grocery store were Frogger.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Remember Frog Do 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 do. What I was gonna say, say was. <laughs> What I was going to say was about, like, we were playing GTA 3, and um, my friend had a laptop and got permission to use a laptop in class. And he was able to pay attention in class, answer the questions while playing GTA 3. So it was kind of funny where, like, he'd be in the back, and some kids could see him, but no one, no one rides him <laughs> out. And they, he would be playing, like, GTA 3, and, like, the the rabbit would be asking questions, and he'd be able to, like, answer right away of, like, what's... <laughs> You know, one thing or another. And I just thought it was the <laughs> funniest thing. <laughs> that game must have been genius. Oh, I mean, you yeah. been very brilliant to be able
1: to do that, to keep yeah. your mind on two things like that. that. That's amazing.
0: Well, a lot of games, a lot of games, you kind of, you could do two things at once, so to speak. Um, it just depends. Um, sometimes you need full concentration. But that's kind of where, like, I got to enjoy video games where I got into Nintendo. And I got into, mm-hmm. like, playing games, like, on the computer and whatnot. Um yeah. but it's, I, was... I think
1: what another good thing that I liked about computer games, I felt it taught very good motor coordination. Oh
0: yeah.
1: Yeah, I thought it was very good for that too. I, I saw nothing wrong with it So you thought like you had the more violent games. Yeah, I do see something wrong with that, but uh, you know, I'm, I don't think I don't think those are good for anybody mentally to do something like that. What do you mean but the like, I'm talking about the violent ones?
0: Well, what's funny is that like they did a statistics of like violent video games versus violent behavior and mm-hmm. there was no correlation.
1: But even with that, okay, even if there's no correlation, it's just you know, in you know, that in, in Jewish philosophy, especially you know, like in um Hasidic philosophy, we believe that um the maqshab, the thought you know, does have an effect on your psyche and your attitude as a human being. And you don't have to, you know, you can have just as good a time doing some sort of G rated, you know, game. It was a Zelda. Was it called Zelda? That, 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 little fantasy land Zelda.
0: Yeah. No, that, yeah, something like that. that.
1: You don't, the fact that you are exposing your mind to these very violent graphic um images psychologically even even though the average person would never act on them through but still what is what is that gonna do to you as a human being?
0: Well it's funny you say that because I was having a similar conversation with somebody about Halloween. Um because chabad.org uh likes posting like healthy but provocative Questions on their Facebook, um, just to get people to be engaged, and one of them was, "Can you be Jewish and celebrate Halloween?" And I was speaking to this woman who was. It seemed that she wasn't Jewish. She didn't have a Jewish name. She was her the way she, I checked her Facebook profile it looked like she wasn't Jewish. Um, so I was under the impression that she wasn't Jewish, uh, but she was saying that Halloween's totally okay and totally safe. And mm-hmm. I told her in a kind way that. You know, it might be nice and safe for most people, but Jewish people shouldn't be celebrating Halloween because, first off, the origins aren't Jewish. They're more based off <laughs> of, you know, these – in America, there's – it depends on who says what, and, but it's, it's based off of non-Jewish, you know, right. core values. And the whole <laughs> point is to scare people. The whole point Mm -hmm. is to be a lot of negativity. Yes. And that's not something that a Jewish person should be involved in. You know, Mm -hmm. we don't need to scare ourselves for fun. We have enough problems to be scared of in real life. (laughs) You know? So true.
1: As the events of the past couple months have shown.
0: Yep. My God. (laughs) It's, it's, I, I try my best just to avoid. I, I I'm avoiding so much. And even by avoiding so much, I'm still getting bombarded with all this negativity. It is so frustrating, but I'm getting to this point now where it's just like, I'm starting to not care anymore. Yeah. about What these people right. think. Right. I don't care anymore because you know, mm-hmm. there's a thing about, I noticed with Jewish people more than anybody else, we're always willing to have a conversation. <laughs> we're always willing to have a conversation an argument, a Back and forth, just anything. Like, it's fun. Is it it a Jewish thing to like to do that, or is it Middle Eastern? Because I've met like Greek
1: people who are that way, and Italian, Greek, Italian. I I think it's a Mediterranean
0: thing. It could be. It could be. I don't know. I haven't really given it, I mean, I've given it some thought, but I haven't really delved into all the nuances. But it was just my impression. But like, Jews, Mm -hmm. I'm noticing now, are getting more and more tired of trying to have a conversation. It's like mm-hmm. children were beheaded, ripped out of their mother's wombs, and thrown into the, the oven. Like, what do you want? Like, what, what would you do in that situation? Like, there was this one video of, uh, of this guy, uh, Kosher Dills, he's a rapper, um, where he was asking this woman very politely, he was holding like a, a sign, like, you know, Jews out of Israel, pro Palestinian, whatever. Like, and he asked her, like, you know, do you have children? She's like, yes. Like and if something someone hurt your children, what would you do? She's like, I'd do anything just to to protect my children. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have children too, and and they got hurt. What do you want us to do? Mm -hmm. And the woman was just silent. Mm -hmm. And like it went viral a little Mm -hmm. bit. But it's just like, what are you supposed to do? What like Mm -hmm. people are asking for a ceasefire. The ceasefire was around until October seventh. October seventh broke the ceasefire. Now you want us to start the ceasefire. Like, what are you like I'm realizing mm-hmm. there's zero seichel in this world, and it's up to the Jews to 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 be Mr. Moral. When we we get slaughtered eh, like mm-hmm. crazy, it's up to us to go ahead and and legitimize and be like, oh, you're right. Maybe we should stop. No, no, we're no. done. We're done doing this. We're done the yeah. the BS.
1: I think so. I think I think I think this. I think what happened October 10th with the straw that broke the camel's back. That was that They try, you know. I, th- I think a lot of you, Jew- you know, a lot of Jewish people feel the same way, except except for your crazy liberals. You know.
0: But it's, uh, just that it's it's mm-hmm. people that are just. I, I this one this one person this one I forgot mm-hmm. who, I forgot who. I, I I have to give it credit, but I can't remember who said this. Hillary oh, Clinton. No, no, Hillary Clinton was I, really interesting.
1: I you know something I'm no Hillary Clinton fan. I don't like her politics, but wow, was she good? She, the head. she she said. She said a ceasefire would do nothing but enable Hamas to regain their forces to re- regenerate yeah. their forces. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. smart, right? Absolutely. Um,
0: but I was saying was was that this this one this one person was talking about people asking him what about these Jews that want that are Jews for peace, um, the Tory carta, ah. all these people. What do you say about those people? And, and the guy responded was. You know, uh-huh. back in the ghettos in World War II, uh, there were, were certain Jews that would give over all of the, the hiding spots of all other Jews to the Germans because mm-hmm. they thought it was going to save them. And in the end, it didn't help them. Mm-hmm. So these people, these Jews, think that they're saving themselves, but they're really not. They're hurting everyone else and they're going to get mm-hmm. themselves killed. But say, you get,
1: what can I say? Uh, renegades and traitors is an equal opportunity employer. Yeah, and they're the found in all groups. Yeah, you know. mm-hmm. it's,
0: it's just you know it, it, I used well, to
1: get... let, let, let's put it this way: the members of the notorious Carter uh, do not exactly have a reputation for being oh the most uh, mentally healthy individuals. <laughs> let's put yeah. it that way.
0: But that, that's the thing where it's, it's like I'm I'm I used to get so worked up, and now mm-hmm. I'm like when it first happened, I was very worked up. I was ooh. It was terrible. And now I'm just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to do the best I can to be the best Jew I can. I'm Good going, I'm it. trying, I'm, I, I've been more on top of uh-huh. more dominion. I've been more on top of saying, Til-Sidaim. I've been trying to get better at my learning Torah, you know, trying, uh, uh, getting better at, at Torah Mitzvahs, just doing what I can, saying more to Hillen. Like, that's, in my mind, at least that's where I feel like I'm doing something. I'm, I'm being productive. You know what, what? What are you? I'm okay. curious. What are you? What have you been doing to like? I guess strengthen. You know.
1: Um, that's a very good question. Um, well, actually, um, well, I'm, 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 um, well, I wanted to check my muzzles anyway mm-hmm. this year because we've lived here for, can I know five years already, and um, oh yeah. So you know, I think it's about time to check the muzzles. So I'm, you know, checking the mazuzas. Um, that's a good question. What am I doing? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm giving more I'm trying to get more Sadaka. Now, as far as Davening goes, because of my schedule. Well, I'm a woman, so I'm not obligate I'm not technically obligated Yeah. Daven. But you know, on days that I can, I do I do the entire Davening. But most days, um, unfortunately, I, I can just do the bare essentials. Like I said, because of my, you know, because of my schedule. Um, that's a good question. Well, am I well, might I'm, I'm trying to think of what
0: Will give you more tzedakah. You're mm-hmm. trying to daven more. Are you saying yeah. more tehillim?
1: Um, actually, no. I've just been saying the days. You know, the tehillim for the day.
0: I've, but on, on, Shabbos,
1: on Shabbos, on I try to um on Shabbos I say the um tehillim for all my children and grandchildren. So what you can do is just say kepetzachov as well. Every day, say kepetzachov. Yeah, Was that supposed that. to be for times
0: of trouble? Times of trouble, it's for protection mm-hmm. and things like that. Okay. There's like, there's, there's mm-hmm. chaf, chaf beis, kuf nun. There's plenty mm-hmm. of them. But chaf is like the like the main standard one. It's lamnat mm-hmm. seach. It's between Ashrain of all Tzion. and normally you're supposed to mm-hmm. say it like when there's days of uh, uh, days of no talking. But yeah. That's a uh... story. But yeah, just saying kippitzel chaf. You know, it's it's saying to him, in my opinion, I think helps so much, and it's so important that that's. That, that's one thing I can definitely tell you is that, like, in case anybody's listening out there and they want to help and they, they're not sure what they can do, they don't have enough money, they don't have enough
1: mm-hmm. in know, the army. You know, a very strange thing happened to me this past summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, what happened was I was at a rest stop. And this woman came over to me, a non-Jewish woman came over. And she asked me if um if I could help her. She said that um somebody stole her purse. And she called the police and she goes, but she said all her, you know, her money was in there and they've been, um, she and her, you know, kids, um, that were traveling with her. They have basically been, you know, sitting there waiting for like one of their family members to eventually show up and with the keys, to, with the extra keys to the car with you know, to get them out. And she says, she has nothing on her. Can I please help her? And I said, sure. And I gave, I gave her $10. And, um, I said to her, could you do me, I'm going to ask for a favor though in return if you don't mind? She goes, What? And I said, I'm Jewish. And I, this was, of course, during the summer before any of this whole thing started. Yes. I said, We I said, could you please, in if you ever get the opportunity to help Jews, whether it's to vote for a political person who was pro-Israel, whether it's to um whether it's to support any measures that are pro-Israel. Will you please do it? And she said to me, you bet she promised. She said, she bet she would. And she says to me, you know, she says, the Jews have put up with a lot of crap. Mm-hmm. I said, "Yes," yeah, so tell me about it. But, and I thought back to that with all this joining I go, I'm wondering, you know, what was happening? If this, who knows what position, now that this woman is in, that she can give a voice and she, Because you know, she did promise me that, you know, that she would give a voice or do what she could I, to I, try to help any you know, Jews that are in her area.
0: I think about the times when I was working in different offices, and I think of if, if I made a kiddush Hashem or not. And I feel like there was one office where I had a project manager who was really on my case, very mean, just very mean, very selfish, very cruel person. And I was doing my best just to, like, forgive and move on, trying not to let them get to me. Mm-hmm. And I had a few other people that, like, were coming up to me and being like, yeah, she's mean, she's evil. She's tried." They tried to make me feel better by talking smack about her. And I'm like, please don't talk that way about her. Like, they're human beings. Mm-hmm. Like, please don't. Mm-hmm. And there were moments where I'm thinking, looking back, like, I'm hoping that those moments I had that were very rough, and I hope I made a of Hashem. At least mm-hmm. had an impact on some of these people where at least now they can reflect on what I did in a way that creates a positive environment for Yidden. You know, and that's really what I think about a lot when it comes to just acting like a mensch, you know, because it's not just about you. It's about your entire people. And you got to be very careful when you're outside in this world and who understand who you represent.
1: So true. Yeah, I think
0: that, true. We, that...
1: don't, we, we don't we don't realize it. You know we don't we don't we don't realize like you know what pe how people are watching. Also, a lot of times people are watching you when you don't even realize it. Yeah, and you yeah. don't know what effect you're gonna have. Like there was this woman in Shul who I used to watch the way she davened, and what I admired about her was she didn't talk at all during davening. She really concentrated on her davening, and she wasn't one of these people like, "Oh, look at me! I'm so righteous." No, this is this was her. She just came to show. She opened up the sitter, and she just, you know, davened. I said, "You know, that's an example to follow." So I decided to start doing that. You know, come to show, just you know, you you daven, you don't talk. And then one time I was in the physical therapist's office, and this Israeli woman looks at me she goes, "Oh, I know you." She goes, "You go," and she mentioned the show I went to. Yeah, that's right. She goes. I've been watching you," she says. "You come in and you dive in and you don't you don't talk the entire davening. You don't talk. You just pick up your sitter and you just dive in. And she says, I, "I really admire that. I didn't know, I had no idea somebody was actually you know watching me like that."
0: What's funny, actually, also is because Tati made such an impression of base um, was that everyone knows that you know in shul, I myself don't like talk people talking during davening. Because mm-hmm. it's like, because it, Tati was very much against talking during davening, and I definitely don't talk during davening. So like, when I when people are car are around and like I shush them, it's more of like, oh, it's angster. He's just always shushing. That's just what it does. It's like he's following, <laughs> his, following his footsteps of not talking during davening. <laughs> you know? Oh, there he is. There, there, there's Raven. <laughs> mm. did, but
1: did we ever um? Oh gosh, did you ever hear Ellen if we talked about the Rabbi Gordon joke about the guys talking in show? It wasn't no. a joke, it really uh, happened. Okay, okay, Rabbi Gordon, Hill Gordon, who does the um who did I uh, will show him the um yeah. videos on chabad.org. His father was a rabbi in uh, New Jersey. And by the way, his father also taught at Bez Rivka, and I took some of his classes. Very good, very excellent teacher. So his father, one time these two men Came into the show. They had to. I think they 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 um they came into the show because they had to say Kaddish and they wanted to go to an Orthodox show. These two guys come in. He said they were talking, 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 the entire stuff. And they so finally Rabbi Gordon comes over to them, and he they says he says you know you gentlemen really you know you did a lot of talking here in show you know, and so they looked at him strange and they go well. Isn't this an orthodox show? He goes, <laughs> "Yeah. Well, we thought in an orthodox show people just sit and talk." So, he said to them, "Well, then you two must be very orthodox because you haven't stopped yapping since you walked in here."
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I I I I also when I job I like to keep things quiet. It's just because it's 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 it's, it's disrespectful, but it's very frustrating when you're trying to <laughs> Raven's tried to hit you with his tail, with your tail. Um, it's <sighs> not disrespectful. You just don't do it. Um, but was there anything maybe the way your father, when you were in shul with your father on like, I guess Rosh Hashanah, like that was, was he a talker or was he a, like a shusher, or what did he do?
1: Mm, he, my father was a very quiet private person. Mm-hmm. And um, he came to, sh- he would come to show and he would, he wouldn't. Talk, he wouldn't talk. No, he wouldn't talk. He was. That was just the way he was. He would die then, when he went to show. Um, he, uh, we went to a show where the the rabbi, this one, one particular rabbi, gave rather lengthy, sir, you know, drush him. Yeah. And my father would always fall asleep during the rabbi's speeches, and my father would complain. He says his voice is so mellow and so soothing. <laughs> I just, he couldn't help it. He would just fall asleep.
0: Oh, gosh. <laughs> what about your mother? Would you be sitting next to your mother when you when you were in shoal?
1: I'm trying to. Th- okay. Um, as far as. I'm trying to think about. Well, for, when, I, when we lived in the city, we went to Bethlehem. Which was which is on the books as an Orthodox show.
0: yeah. I
1: guess a lot of people might call it modern Orthodox, whatever. You know, men and women were separate. I, um, my father, well, my fa- my father went to shul, of course. Um, you know, the I mean, to you know, just on, you know, he was one of these one of these unfortunately uneducated Yidden, and he worked on Shabbos. Unfortunately, um, but you know, it wasn't like he was working on Shabbos to make millions. But he, as far as he was concerned. He was. We were, you know, we didn't have a lot of money, and you know, he just felt that you know that providing for his family was first. Mm-hmm. It was. It wasn't like he was raised Orthodox and rebelled. No, no. In fact, no. he wasn't raised. He wasn't raised religious at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, his parents sent him to Hebrew school. He had a bar mitzvah, but um, he went to the public school and he um, he wasn't raised religious in any way, shape, or form. And his mother kept kosher in the home, but they ate out. You no, know, that type of thing. So um. Uh, so, the only time he really went to Shul was uh, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. Um, I I remember one time when I was in Shul, he, get, he got Nalia. And I think I was like nine, 10 years old. And I was, oh, I was so proud of my daddy got Naliyah. I was so proud of my daddy getting Aaliyah. Um I don't remember my mother going to Shul so much uh, about the film orthodox show but i do remember when we moved out to the county was when we moved out to the county was when uh my parents um i don't know if they joined or when they started to go to uh, beth israel which is conservative okay and i my now my mother did my mother by that time was uh going to beth israel on a, on a regular basis saturday morning so i remember sitting next to her at, you know i was in High school, college, you know. I remember sitting next to her at Beth Israel. Um, um, and yeah, so I remember. Yeah, she didn't. She did know. not read. She could not read Hebrew.
0: Okay.
1: She was never um, when she was growing up. Girls were not sent to Hebrew Hebrew schools at that time. Even the after school Talmud Torah program were not open to girls. Oh, it wow. wasn't until it wasn't until around World War Two.
0: That, it that really they
1: finally up. started opening up Talmud Torah programs for girls, okay. oh, and thank you. which surprised because my aunt, my now my aunt read Hebrew, okay. but my aunt was twelve years younger than
0: my mother. Okay, uh, we got like ten seconds left. I love you. Okay, Yima. love you. Love Have a great service. job. I'll talk no. to you later. Bye bye. Thank you for listening to Jewish Boy Calls His Mother. Please comment and subscribe on our Facebook page, YouTube channel, and Instagram. I would greatly appreciate it, and my mother would too.